Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to church. My name's Scott. I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Paraka. Great to be with you this morning. And uh, well done on getting up on New Year's Day and being out of bed here. Um, I'm not the kind of person who makes New Year's resolutions. Perhaps you are. Uh, But I've got a friend who was forced into making one. Let me tell you the story. Uh, it was New Year's Eve, this is quite a few years ago, back when I wasn't so old and boring and actually stayed up and saw the New Year in. Um, there was a bunch of people getting together at a New Year's party, and, and I wasn't one of them, but there, uh, there were some people playing a game of Jenga. Um, you, you know Jenga? I think I've got the photo up there. Yeah, so Jenga, you build the tower, and, and, and you've got to pull out one of the blocks and put it on top and hope it doesn't tumble over. You know the game. Uh, like I said, I wasn't part of this game, but the people who were playing it all made a deal together. The person who lost was going to have to go the next year with no chocolate. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, at that point, the stakes are very high. <laughs> no one, and, and they were. No one wanted to lose this game. And, 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 and suddenly, the game of Jenga, which we kind of the tower would get so high, but, but the, the tower got really quite high in this game. No one wanted to lose. It was teetering. It was tottering. It was feeble. It was taller. Still, it kept growing until finally one guy, Sam's his name, Sam p- tried to pull out the wrong block and pff, it all fell over. And, and now he has to go a year without chocolate. And here's the strangest part of the story. He took this seriously, really seriously. He, did, he went for a whole year without chocolate. You know, he wouldn't even go to a cafe and have a cappuccino because they sprinkled chocolate on top, right? And he was not allowed to have chocolate. What kind of New Year's resolutions are worth keeping? Maybe you've already made plans in a healthy diet, more exercise, new hobby, whatever it is. Um, And those things aren't bad to do, let me say that. But but what kind of plans are really worth sticking at? What's worth doing the hard yards to achieve? Here's what I'm going to suggest is worth it. Building spiritual habits into your life the kind of habits that will grow your spiritual life and being disciplined enough not just to make the resolution but then to keep it as well it's worth it because they have eternal value for you 
So over the next four weeks, we're just going to look at four of these habits. Uh, Bible reading, godliness, evangelism, but we're starting today with prayer. Uh, here's the, the rough outline of what we're going to cover. Well, firstly, what is prayer? Secondly, why do it? And thirdly, then ideas how to, some ideas about how you can practically build prayer into your life as a habit. Firstly then though, what is prayer? Look, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary here. This is something that I'm sure all of you know already. But, but prayer is talking to God. It's us speaking words to God. It can be done out loud or, or even just in, in, in the silence of your own mind, actively talking to God. That, that's what prayer is. And broadly speaking, I say there's, there's four kinds of things we can do in prayer, things we can say to God. Uh, when I was younger, I learned this as the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S, each letter standing for uh, a different word. So here, I'm going to take you through it now. Um, A, A was for adoration, another way of saying praise. We, 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 we praise God. Um, we, we t- so here's, it's, it's adoration because we're telling God why we adore him, why we love him. Uh, The C is for confession. We confess our sins. We admit that we've done wrong. Uh, We admit that there's good things we haven't done either as well. And because Jesus has died for us, we also ask that God would forgive us. Uh, That's A, adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. Um, We say thanks to God for the things he's done, for the good things he's given us, for the the prayers he's answered, and, and for so many things. We say thanks. And the S is for supplication. Uh, who knows what that word means? Right? Who, have anyone used that in a sentence in the last week? Probably not. Uh, supplication, though. Um, it's another way of saying we ask for things. We ask God to supply our needs. Supplication. And you know, there could be any number of things here. Right? Helping us to grow in love for God and for others. Helping uh, for, for, for a friend who's sick. For, for evangelism opportunities. Any range of things here. Um, but, but so prayer is talking to God, and here's kind of broadly speaking the, the, the four big things we do when we talk to Him. Now, in a moment, I want to talk about um, why we ought to form habits of prayer. But, but, but first, I just want to reflect on these four things here. Uh, here's the question for you: um, When you pray, if you're a kind of person who prays, when you pray, which of these four things do you do most? Don't have to tell anyone. I do want you to think about it for a moment, though. Which of these four things do you tend to do when you pray? Here's my suspicion. I reckon most of us spend time asking God for things. I reckon some of us would probably also thank God for stuff. We might confess sin every now and again. But it's probably rare that we tell God what we love about him. Perhaps that's just me reflecting me, but I I suspect it's not. So part of my building habits of prayer is going to mean I spend probably more time in adoration and, and confession, not just more and more time asking God for things. What about you? So we're talking about um, building spiritual habits, building the habit of prayer into our lives. And I don't think here at at church, no one's going to really disagree with that, are they? I'm not expecting someone to come up to me after church and say, hey, Scott, you know, the whole sermon on prayer, I really think, no, we don't need to do that very much. So he's off on that a little bit. eh? No, I think we all agree on this, but it's still the right topic for us to be talking about today. 
Because most of us think that we should be, could be, praying more. So I want to spend just a few moments now reminding us why we pray. There's, there's more things here than I have time to say, but I'm just going to say three things. Uh, here's the first reason we pray, uh, because we can, simply because we can. Let me ask you this. What makes you think that when you pray, God will actually hear you? Why should you expect God to listen to anything you say when you pray to him? Because he must, because... That's his job, that he just kind of sits around in heaven eagerly awaiting. Oh, crikey, you know, it's seven o'clock and Scott still hasn't prayed today. What's going on here? No, of course not. I want to say this. I ought to have no expectation that God would pay any attention to me in my prayers. After all, how often have I treated God like that, paying him no attention? In fact, this is, this is what the Bible calls sin. It, it, it's that attitude that says, I'm free to do what I want. What I want. I, I, and in fact, I'm free to do what God tells, what, not, not to do what God tells me to do. And the Bible says each one of us has lived like this. And so we've kind of broken the right relationship that we have with God. There is then no reason why God should pay any attention to me. And my prayers. But here's the good news. The Bible also tells us that's not the end of the story. But in Jesus, God steps in to solve the problem. I didn't seek after God, but God reached out to me. Jesus steps down into our world. That's the Christmas message. Jesus, he dies and rises again. That's the Easter message. But through this, he reconciles us back to God. He heals the broken relationship. The relationship that I destroyed, he mends that. And so Jesus restores to us then the privilege of actually being able to pray. We can now approach God in prayer. And because of Jesus, we have confidence that God, yes, he does hear us when we pray. Look at how this part of the Bible puts it. It's from Hebrews chapter 10. It's a big chunk. I'm going to read it out to you. It says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, this is where God lives, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, what do we do? Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See what saying here? Jesus has died. His blood has been shed. And so he has opened up the way for us. He has given us now complete and full access to God. So what do we do with that? We draw near to God. We pray to him. And we do it, friends, with full, complete assurance that when we do, he hears us. He pays attention to us. See, when we ask the question, why why pray? This is the reason. Because we can. Uh, Here's another reason to pray. Pray because the God who hears you is powerful. 
want you to imagine for a moment, um, you have a direct phone line to the Prime Minister of Australia. Uh, um, he's probably the most powerful person in our country, right? Um, imagine you could, you could talk to him at any time, no matter what the issue, whatever you wanted. Uh, how often do you reckon you'd be calling his number? Uh, plenty, right? Friends, how much more so for God? You know, our Prime Minister, he does have power, but his power is limited. There are things he simply cannot do. But our God, he's not limited. We have his direct phone line. We can pray. And we pray to a God who is powerful. Let me put that another way. Could it be that we don't pray because we don't think that we have a powerful God? Here's a third reason to pray. The God who hears you isn't just powerful. He's also your father. So um, go back to the prime minister again. Um, imagine for a minute, you didn't just have the phone line to the prime minister, but imagine he was your dad. Not only is he the most powerful person in the country, he's also your father. So if you were to say something to him or ask him to do something, he's not just going to fob you off and ignore you. He's not just going to forget about what you said. He's your father. Your words mean something to him. This is what Jesus tells us that our God is like. See, there's this one time Jesus was teaching people about praying. Uh, and Have a look at what he says. This is from Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, um, Which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, we might get a little bit nervous there. Jesus calls us evil. What's he saying? Well, it's not meaning that we're all kind of murderers and racists. But, but he's saying that we are not perfect like God is perfect. And you can see the point that he's making, right? Um, we aren't perfect like God is, and yet we still know how to give good gifts to our kids, right? You know, last week at Christmas time, my kids, you'll be happy to know, didn't get a brown snake in a paper bag from me. Um, and if that's what I'm like, then what will the perfect God be like? Won't our Heavenly Father give good gifts to us when we ask him? This is the third reason to pray. We pray because the God who hears us is our Father. He loves to give good things to those who ask him. Or let me put it another way again. Could it be that we don't pray because we don't actually think that God is willing to give us good things? Before we get into the... I want to talk about building habits of prayer. Before we get there, I just want to take a quick dive into the passage that, that was read out for us by Josiah. Um, Jesus was telling a parable, right? There was a widow in the parable. She'd been wrong. She'd suffered some kind of injustice. injustice and so she keeps going to the judge over and over again, asking him to give her justice. Now, the judge there is not a nice guy, right? He doesn't really care about what anyone thinks. But even he eventually gives her justice. And the point of the parable is that God is not like that unjust judge. God is very different. 
So if the unjust judge will do that, how much more will God give justice to those who cry out to him? And this is the point of the parable. It's in verse 1. Jesus it says it before Jesus even tells the parable. Verse 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. See the point here? Jesus is telling us, make prayer a habit, something that you constantly do. Here's my question for you then. Um, who likes doing chores around the house? Anyone? Rosie, Joel, you've hit the jackpot. No, no one really likes doing chores around the house, do they? You know, and the worst thing about doing the, the washing or the sweeping or the cleaning or whatever it is, the worst thing about it is that things keep getting dirty. If you do it today, you've got to go back and do it tomorrow. Wouldn't it be better if I could just wash the dishes once and they would stay clean? That would be great. It's easy to treat prayer like that. You know, I'll pray for this thing. I'll pray for it today. And then I want it to be done. That's not what Jesus is teaching us here, though, is he? He's teaching us to pray persistently. Don't give up after praying once or twice. Keep at it. Keep praying. Make prayer a habit, something we constantly do. And so I want to end today on on that note. How might we become people who have a a habit of praying? Now, I'm going to give you a a bunch of ideas here. Um, Some of these might be work for you. You might hear others and you think, that's just not going to work for me. Um, The point of doing this is to try and spark some ideas going for you so that you can figure this out for yourself. But, But how is it that you're going to make sure prayer is your habit? For 2023. Here's the first idea. Why not simply just set aside some time in your life to do it? I mean, I know a lot of us lead busy lives and there's lots of stuff to do. But that makes it all the more important to make sure that prayer isn't the thing that gets squeezed out of our lives. Um, You might know a guy by the name of Martin Luther. Martin Luther lived in in Germany about 500 years ago, and he started what was called the Reformation, big time in history. Um, uh, he is a guy who had a lot on his plate, right? He was a, a husband and a father. He was the pastor of his church. He was kind of um, leading, a, a, I guess, a spiritual revolution. He was the one who first translated the Bible into the German language. He gave lectures to students and on and on and on. He, he had a lot on his plate. One day he was asked, what his plans for the next day were. And, and here's what he said. This is the quote. Work, work, from early until late. In fact, I have so much to do, I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. There's a guy who got it, didn't he? He's busy, but his busyness didn't lead to less prayer. In fact, for him, it led to more prayer. He is a great example of someone who knew he needed to set aside time to pray. But here's the question for us. How can we do that? How can we set aside time? Well, I think we just need to be disciplined about this. Put aside, put aside some time in, in, your, in your calendar to do it, if you keep a calendar or a diary. If you set reminders on your phone, set yourself for a regular reminder on your phone to remind you to pray. Do what you need to do to make sure that it happens. 
Um, here's some advice for you too. If, um, don't start off too ambitiously. If you're not someone who's had a regular habit of praying, don't think that, okay, just tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m., two hours of prayer, and we'll do that for a, you know, f- f- forever from then. That would be like going from being a, a couch potato to trying to run a marathon the very next day and no training in between, right? All that's going to happen is you're not going to make it to the end. Um, you'll probably be discouraged and you'll just end up giving up. Um, don't be overly ambitious, is, is, is my advice. But, but at the same time, don't be too lazy either. Don't just think, oh, I'll set aside two minutes here and that'll do. Do actually set aside a regular time, a decent amount of time, to be in prayer. And I reckon it's helpful to have particular things, some particular things that you are committed to praying for as well. You know, people that you'll pray for, missionaries you'll pray for. Pray for our church regularly. Pray for different ministries, you know. Um, pray, pray, for, pray for friends. To help me do this, I use an app on my phone. Um, that's, the, that's its logo there. It's just called Prayer Mate. You can download it. It's for free. Um, all I do with this app is I put different things in there and I set how many things I want to pray for each day. Then each day I come into the app and it will tell me, okay, here's the four or five things you're praying for today. It, it, it just helps. Of course, I'm not limited to just praying for those things, but it does help me be committed to praying for some things, things that are important. Here's another idea. Pray prayers from the Bible. I reckon sometimes... One thing that stops us from praying is we're just really not sure what, what to pray for. Not, what do I pray for that person? What do I pray for myself? What do I pray about this situation? That's when it's really useful to use prayers that are in the Bible and pray them. Make them our prayers to God. Pray the Psalms. Like when, when, when life is hard, when it feels like God's not there for you, pray, for something, pray, pray something like, like Psalm 22. Uh, when you want to praise God and you just quite haven't got the words for it, turn to something like Psalm 103 and, and use that. When you're aware of your sin and, and, and you're trying to confess it to God, maybe you could turn to something like Psalm 51 and use that as your prayer. Or, or there's, there's, there's prayers in the New Testament to you. I've got them listed up on the, on the screen there. Um, places like Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, 1 Thessalonians 1. These are, are rich prayers why not use them why not use them for yourself and make them your prayers Uh, here's my final suggestion for the day have people who are models for you who who model praying to you that is someone that you can talk about uh, prayer with not just you know how it is you pray and set up your habits but but also what you're actually praying for what you pray when you're using your words in your community groups you know often we sit down we will pray together listen intently to how others are praying learn from them perhaps you want to use some prayers that are pre-written like you know jesus teaches us the lord's prayer in in the in, in the bible use that um Perhaps you could grab an old Anglican prayer book and, and use some of the rich prayers in there. There are some other books that, that are out there with prayers in them. I, I've got one uh, on that side called The Valley of Vision. Um, it's got some prayers of, of the Puritans in it. Um, over this side is a, is a newer book 
uh, called Into His Presence by Tim Chester, where he takes some of those Puritan prayers and puts them in a bit more modern language as well. Uh, the, the idea, though, is it's having people who, who model prayer for you. The purpose in this is not just so that we become like sausage factories and we all turn out exactly the same. But the purpose in this is, is, is there are things we can learn from one another, things that can help us you know, love prayer more, which will then help us form habits of actually being people who pray. Moment of honesty here with you. I've I got to say, I've personally been challenged by it as I've gotten ready for today. Um, I reckon for me, one of the things that's characterized 2022 has been that I've prayed far too little. And by God's grace, I want that to change in 2023. What about you? What was, what was last year like for you? What do you want this year to be like? What would 2023 look like if we were habitual praying people? Let me ask God to help us form those habits now. Hey? Let's pray. God, our God, you have done everything. We're not the ones who, uh, who made it possible for us to pray. You did. In your mercy, you reached out for us. Through Jesus, you restored us to you. Thank you that we can pray. Thank you that you're our heavenly Father who loves to hear our prayers and loves to give us good things. Please, we pray, help us be those who habitually pray, knowing that you are the good God in whom we trust. Help us not just think about it now, but actually form habits in the days and weeks ahead. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.